This, this, this is the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertson and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. And by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Now, your hosts, Danny Sarek and Brad Sham. Everybody, thank you very much for being with us as the Cowboys kick off their bye week on the Cowboys Hour. We uh, welcome you wherever you are joining us, if you're listening anywhere at all on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network, if you are streaming on DallasCowboys.com. Delighted to have you with us. Really honored and deeply grateful to welcome in our very special guest who has come out of retirement to return to football. (laughs) Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, the great... Sean Lee, thank you for your time today. I'm excited to be here. I, can tell I don't think, was I retired? I don't think I was it just, retired. It only felt like it. No, <laughs> not to you, it though. Does. Sometimes. Uh, sometimes. For those of you who are joining us, um, streamed live and or on tape on DallasCowboys.com, um, that is uh, Sean's attempt at a several-month-old beard. Right there, so I kind of apologize for how that's better. That looks pretty good. It looks good, right? It's It's better than anything you could do. I mean, that the the lighting, the lighting's really bad. It's good. I gotta tell you, that Um, that white thing that's on your face is not even close to what I got here. Sean, (laughs) I shaved. Two years ago, I don't. I don't even have it anymore. No, you never had it to begin with. I huh? had it, wasn't it to begin with, and as I told Zach Martin, I'm sorry, Danny, and all of you listening, to subject you to this, but it, as I told Zach Martin at least six years ago, if I had wanted to grow a beard. Once upon a time, as a very young man, I had a full black beard, and it looked like like what yours wants to be when it grows up. And so, if I really wanted to grow it, I could I could put yours to shame, but I don't want to grow it anymore. That sounds like an excuse. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Speaking of beards, I saw Travis Frederick. He was at the game yesterday. I saw him after the game, and his beard still looks great, and he looks great. I, I thought he'd shaved. No, the beard's back. Maybe he maybe he did shave, oh, but it's it's really back. Fast. Yeah, he I think it does. He could probably grow it back at his beard is so elegant that he could probably shave it all off and grow it back like overnight. Uh, that's what it seemed like. But it was at a good length and it was full and and he looked good. And is that what your goal is? No. I mean, I would love more beard. More beard is better, but this is more as good as it gets. Yeah. All right. Uh, how do you feel physically besides I've, your beard? I feel good. I've improved every week. It was a tough start. The surgery was, um, you know, the first couple of weeks weren't easy. Walking wasn't easy. Um, you know, kind of getting the flexibility and strength back in the area took a little bit of time, but I've, I've progressed every week and I'm probably about eight weeks out and the last two weeks I've, I've felt really good and being able to practice normally and play and get some action, I, th- I think helps. So just to go back for the benefit of people who don't follow your medical history as closely <laughs> as some of us do, I mean, you really... Uh, you you have always worked so hard to overcome the injuries that you have, and when you're healthy, to stay healthy and be in peak shape. And uh, you went into training camp, such as it was, thinking you were pretty much okay. Did you not? So 
you know, I, I dealt with uh, this issue last year, and I thought I was over it. Um, you know, kind of we, we dealt with it before the Rams game last year. And then in the offseason, I had a little bit of issues with it, but I thought I was was over it and came into training camp, and it just got worse. And it got to a point where um, kind of got it hurt at worst training before camp, and um, we tried to let it heal, and it never really did. So we needed needed to get surgery to make sure it healed. So again, and you have done, you've described this to me, so I know you, how accurately you can do it. But just to make sure that we ruin everyone's supper, uh, exactly what was it that you did that had to be repaired? So it's core. It's a core muscle surgery. So your abs, they reconnect your abs to your pelvic bone. So your so my ab, one of the abs ripped off. off. Your yeah, the one ab, the left ab, another one was kind of framed. So you were down to a three pack. I was down to a three pack. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So your your thank you, Danny. Your ab ripped off the yeah. You know, I'm running and something popped right there, and you're like, well, that's not good. You know, when you hear that and you kind of know. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where you can play through a lot. You don't know exactly the extent of it. And then it, it just gets to a point where you have to handle it. I'm sure somewhere through the last decade I've asked you this. But did how old were you, if you recall, when you suddenly knew you had the ability to function with pain maybe more than other people? I guess the, the playing the game, it never... When people described like a, a certain pain in the game or hitting and not liking hitting, I never related to that. I kind of loved the feeling of it, and it, it didn't really hurt in a way that was kind of described to me. I mean, there are certain hits where you're like, "Well, okay, that one hurt," but and then as I, I guess, the more you play, um, you, you you don't feel as much um, physically because you get used to it. And then, you know, as my career, the more injuries I've had, I've had to just deal with it. You know, mentally, I've had to say, listen, this is where you're at. And if you want to play, you're going to have to fight through it. And you're going to have to deal with some pain. And you're not going to be 100% and figure it out. Because <clears throat> if you don't figure it out, you're done. And so you can't use it as an excuse, even though it might feel like a legitimate excuse. Don't even, don't even bring it to the table. Find a way to get around it. And, and find a way to play through it. Which shows uh, people how much you love to play the game. And since you had worked so hard over the last couple of years to get back to playing, and last year finally you played every game, and and then this happens, uh, did you even have a minute when you realized you needed the surgery where you said, eh, that's enough? Well, yeah. I mean, when the first week I, I coming out, I was in a lot of pain, and I'm like, am I even going to be able to come back this year? I mean, I, I didn't know where it was going to go. I didn't know at 34, after having a lot of, a lot of surgeries, was it going to take six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks? I mean, it, it was not ideal to have the surgery when I had it, obviously missing the time I already missed. But then I didn't know, you know, when I was going to come back. But I said every, every the first week, so I got the surgery in Philadelphia, in the first week going to rehab, I drove past that the, their stadium, you know, the link, every day. And so my goal was, okay, you know, I, at first I'm thinking, man, I'm not going to be able to play in this stadium again and be able to, you know, shut the crowd up or you hear the Rocky song and you, you the best feeling is you, they, you, mm-hmm. you shut them up. Now, there wasn't going to be a lot of people in there, but still, right. well, still, yeah. you know. Um, but then I'm like, well, you don't know that, so let's go see what we can do. So so being able to play in that game last week was a big deal for me and um, kind of pulled me out of knowing that I was going to be able to do that, pulled me out of the hole when I didn't know where this was going to go. Did you have any surgeries in high school? No surgeries in high school. So going back to Penn State, uh, 
how many surgeries have you had? Um, so I did the I did the ACL uh, at Penn State. I did the toe in twelve in Carolina, where I had to have the, the plantar plate. I had the left uh, ACL done. I had the meniscus done, and then I had this ab surgery done. Um, so that's five, you know. And then I've had other injuries that the next one. I had the neck. I didn't need surgery for it, but the neck one in thirteen, you know. So there were six probably major type of. So deals. whenever it is that you're done, are you going to miss surgery, Sean? I'll, I'll be all right with <laughs> not having surgery. I'll be all right. I think my wife's more done with surgery than me too, having to take care of me. Yeah, she. I have the feeling that you would not be a very pleasant patient. No, I was a baby. I'm. I'm. I, I don't have. a... Yeah, the first, uh, she, you know, like I had trouble walking, so she's helping me walk. She's helping me, uh, she's pulling me off the couch. I had trouble pulling my pants up. She's helping me pull, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just like I felt like like a little kid. I, I needed that much help. So, so how do you find that fine line of understanding if this is a pain that you can play through or if this is something you have to bite the bullet and say, I need to get this fixed, even if I have to miss time. That's a hard line. I mean, the, the, because the, for this one, you're like, it, it's healing, it's getting better. And really, the trainers are, are the ones that help me. I mean, Britt, Jim, that you know, they put you through a rigorous plan. And if you can't get um, through it um, comfortably without pain, then they're like, listen, you're not going to be able to play football. So that, that has always been a template we've used where, okay, we're going to stress this build to it, stress it as much as we can. And then if you can't really do it and you're not confident about where how you feel and you're still dealing with this pain, okay, let's let's go to that. And that gives you kind of, it's two things. It gives you confidence that, hey, I need to get surgery. I've done everything I can to try to play. And you're, you're like, okay, let's go get the surgery and move on and move on to the next step and attack that. I think anyone who's ever been around you understands uh, how intense a competitor you are, that you like you're in the you're in the 99th percentile of people who flip a switch and become somebody completely different when you're competing and uh, it's what's made you uh, the player that that you have been and so when that's the case can you even quantify how hard it was for you to sit and watch the struggles of the defense for the first half of this season until last until you could get back to the team and thank you, COVID, you couldn't even be on the sideline during games where you know you can help even sure. if you're not playing. Sure. How, how do you quantify how That's hard always that been the toughest part of being out is not being able to help. I mean, when the, when the team's rolling, that's when you feel great and it's not a problem. It's when you know that, hey, I could have made a play or I can help. Um, that's when, when you're like, man, I, I, wish I, I wish I could be out there. And then, we, you know, seeing the struggles, not being able to be with your team during it, um, that's tough. I mean, and no question, we, we did not start the way we wanted to. And I'm proud of what, how we've worked and how we've stuck together and pushed through it. And we've had two good weeks of football. Now we need more. We need better defense. We've got to continue to improve. Um, but but it, it was as hard a couple weeks uh, that I've been part of. I think we were, you know, we're, you know, having trying the new system, not playing like we want. Um, that's that's tough to take. And then the kind of other stuff that that swirled around it um, that we can't control when it comes to you know certain things media wise, and you have to just put your head down and know, hey, we know where we're going. We know how to get back. We have a lot of guys who've played great defense, who've been successful in this league. We got to stick together. We got to get back to that 
play standard of we're going to hustle, we're going to out-hit people. And when we play right and we do it the right way, we can win. And so we've done that the last couple of weeks, and I've been proud of how we stuck together. But it was not easy. And, not easy for any of us. And after we take a break, we're going to let you talk a little bit about uh, specifically the way your group played yesterday and uh, how that can carry forward uh, going down the road. Sean Lee is our guest on the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. We are grateful for his time and for your joining us this evening. We're brought to you in part by Albertsons. When it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarkets and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. And by Lou Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. We'll be right back with Sean Lee on the Cowboys Hour.
Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Thanks for joining us from wherever you are joining us, and special thanks to our guest, Cowboys veteran linebacker Sean Lee, who is back and healthy, quadrupled the number of snaps very nearly that he uh, that he played from week one. Uh, of his return from injury to uh, yesterday's game against the Steelers. So we'll look forward to even more. And I do want to have you talk, please, about the defensive. I hesitate to use the word effort. It's thrown around a lot, and I think sometimes disparagingly and not correctly. But there was something about the way you guys were playing throughout the game from the get-go yesterday on defense. What was that? Where's that been, and can we see that again, please? Yeah, I, I, the, the, the effort, the hitting, the running to the ball, some of the big hits, um, seeing everybody swarm to the ball, that's been our identity for a long time, and I think we've, we've gotten back to that. And that showed up a lot during the game. I thought we did a great job of stopping the run. You know, early in the game, they tried different runs, weren't able to, to get anything going. I think we were probably two and a half yards for carry and and we're able to get pressure on the quarterback um make it stops on third down and you know they came out in 01 personnel one one tight end and all uh receivers and i thought we handled it pretty well but you know that's a great quarterback and that's a team with a lot of speed but to be able to respond the way we did a lot of times and make plays and um against a really good offense who's got a lot of weapons i i i loved how we handle ourselves. But where's that been? And can we see it again? I think we've grown to it. I think we first thing we said is we got to get we got to get back to playing right when it comes to effort and standards. And that's out hitting people and that's out playing with more effort than the team we're going against. And then also we got to the scheme is different. Some of the techniques are different. We need to double down on doing that right. Do your job right. Let's work on this. Let's play the right way with the technique. And I think we're playing with better effort. We're playing. We're hitting right, and then the scheme and the techniques are starting to show up because we're getting better at them. So you're confident that this is more like the way, as a group, you'll be able to play for. Well, the rest we of the we year? need to we need to play like this. We have the group to play like this. But you 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 know you never can rest on anything. You have to continue to improve. We still have a lot of room to improve. We're still learning some of the calls and the techniques, and the coaches have been great helping us with them and, and growing with us. And um, the hope is that we continue to get better and, and help. It. We we need to start winning though. Like yesterday we were in a position to win a game against a really good football team and we didn't finish it that's the next step for us and we have a lot ahead of us and we know with our division we can make a run and, and uh, hopefully hopefully make some plays down the stretch this was your second game back and when you were hurt unlike previous years uh, injured players are not allowed to be on the field because of COVID so when you were not able to be on the active roster you were having to watch games from home sure what is your demeanor when you are having to watch the Cowboys play from your house? Well, originally, I've done a lot of it. So originally it was not very good, you know. And, you know, I was screaming at the TV, no poise. I was rewinding it constantly to try to see certain plays, see what happened. And my wife finally said, listen, if you're going to be home for four or five weeks, we're not doing this. You know, you can't, I can't watch it with you. You're going to have to go to another room. And so now, because I've done it, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit better. But I have much more poise on the field than I do when I'm at home. You know, I really am a fan at home, screaming at the TV, going nuts. 
but on the field, I need to have poise. I need to, a lot of times I'm calling the huddle or I'm anticipating that next play or, or you know, trying to anticipate what they're going to do. So, yeah, I'm dramatically different at home. I'm much worse. So your much wife worse. is very glad when you're able to go back to playing. She loves sending me back. She's like, get the hell out of here. You know what I mean? Um, she's great, though. No, but but um, she understands that you don't have, when, when you're at home, you don't have that outlet, you know, to, to really let loose the emotional outlet, especially when you care about your team and you care about the guys and you see them work all throughout the week you want you wanted to go well for them so one i don't know how much you and i have talked about this over the years but one of the things that um, became very apparent during this period of time as danny is saying is that you can't thank you covid you can't be there uh you can't you, when the game is going on you can't be on the practice field when you're not clearly your presence uh, not just you standing there. They could put a statue with a number 50 on it. But you, your presence, your interaction with your teammates and the coaches is helpful. And that l- the obvious conclusion one could draw from that is, guy's a coach looking for a place to happen. That's that's a coaching career. Is that something that you want to do? I, I don't know. I, I, I love the game. I've told you this before. I love yeah. the game. But I love playing the game. I love practice. I love doing linebacker drills, I love hitting, I love every part about that. I mean, that is number one by far. And, and I love studying the X's and O's, and mainly because there's no better feeling than putting in that work, anticipating a play, know it's com- coming, and then attacking, um, and then helping your team win with that. Um, and then having your influence. I think the toughest part, we have a lot of young guys on this team, and we're trying to pass that leadership down to them. And when you can't be on the sideline when you're facing adversity, and these guys have never experienced it before, you're not there to really, hey, this is how we do it. No, we're not going to do this. Or, hey, that's a great job. And, and that's hard to take. And so you're trying to do it during the week. You're trying to do it as much as you can. But that's been, that's been hard. And so double down during the week, trying to help these young guys, trying to help them grow. That's been a big part of a lot of you know what I've tried to do. Dak has been unbelievable. He's been around the facility. We need to keep working on that. But from a coaching standpoint, I don't know yet. We'll see. Yeah, so- only because we've known each other so long and so well do I feel empowered to say to you, that sounded like the answer of a man who is holding on to his playing career with a 100%, death grip. 100%. Will 100%. 100%. Right? Yes, yeah, 100%. I won't, I, you know, until it's done, I don't think you can say that. I don't think you really know until it's done, until you have to put your playing career to bed and then really truly make that decision. So that's not something that's in the back of your mind right now. You're just gonna um, wait till it's you're completely. Done I'm gonna right. wait till it's done, and and then the question is, okay, you know, how would you do that? Well, what would it be like? What would it look like? And then I think you always talk about your family too, because I know those coaches put so many hours in. They're incredible how hard they work, and the families are incredible to support them in those situations. So I think it's not only my decision, but the, the you know the family's decision, my wife Megan's decision too. Yeah, have you, have you? Here's a question I have no right to ask. Have the two of you ever had that conversation? We've we've talked about it. There's no doubt. But I think we come to the same conclusion. How do you really know until you're done? I mean, it's kind of, we run into that same wall where you can say, yeah, maybe maybe you want to get into this. But like anything, you don't know until you try it. Your teammates have always throughout the years have very high things to say about you, not just as a player, but as a leader, Um, whether you are playing or you're on the sideline. How would you describe your leadership style? Well, I I think early on it it was lead by example. And I had some great leaders to look up to as a young player. Jason Witten, I'm going to follow you everywhere you go. I'm going to, whatever you say I'm going to do, because you do it the right way. 
and as I've grown and kind of experienced things, I've become much more vocal and said, hey, listen, this is how I've dealt with this situation. If you want my advice, this is what I think. And then there's certain standard things that I think as you get older, there's certain things that you become more and more convicted by and that, you, you know, you're willing to stand up for those convictions no matter what. You're not afraid to be like, hey, this is the right way we're going to do it. We're not going to do it any other way. I'm much more comfortable as I've grown older doing that in, in any case. So, again, um, only because you know how I feel about you and uh, how uh, I feel about you being a player, do I feel empowered to ask you, uh, did the last this last injury, all this time that, I mean, you've... These injuries don't just hurt your body. They they hurt your soul. Yeah, that's true. And, and, that's true. And there's only so much of that someone can take. Did this last one make you think, I'm, I'm coming back, I'm going to finish this, I'm going to go, I'm going to finish this year with my head high, I'm going to play as many snaps as they'll put me on the field for the last fill-in-the-blank games, and then I, I've got to listen to reason, and my body's trying to speak reason to me. Yeah, I think there's... Is that that a... I think think more... I I saw it as another opportunity to overcome an injury that's tough to show what I can do. Um, I didn't dive too big into the implications. But there's no question that every time I miss time, it's hurt me. And really, you know, I had all those injuries early in the career. You know, at 12, 13, 14, right now, I did the toe, I did the neck, I did the knee. And my thought was, okay, in 15, I'm going to I'm going to never get injured again. I'm going to make up for it. You know, I'm going to redefine my career as a guy who can help this team. And that didn't, that didn't happen. And, um, you know, I still helped us in a lot of ways, and, and I've been proud of how I've played. Um, but for a long time, I, I, I was like, hey, you know, that, that did hurt, that I hate. This is going to be part of my career, that I've been injured a lot. But at the same point, anytime I have this injury, when I come back from it, it's the best feeling in the world. I mean, like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm battled back from this, and I'm still able to play. I'm, I'm 11 years into this. I'm the only guy in my draft class still playing. I've been through a lot of injuries, and I still can put out some and help us win. That, to me, I'm, I'm proud of. Do you share any of that with younger players, maybe someone like Leighton who's been experiencing injuries early on in his career too? Yeah. I mean, I saw it last year when he, when he, heard his, when he found out his neck was injured. I mean, he was devastated and how, hard, how much he loves the game and how frustrated you are when you're like, man, what, you know, I, can't, I can't be out there. And I, I'm like, listen, you can't allow this frustration to ruin this incredible opportunity you have ahead of you. I mean, you're going to come back and you're going to be great. Focus on that opportunity. Don't focus on the frustration of missing time because that will ruin it. And you, can't, you don't want to look back and say, hey, I wish I would have done it differently. I wish I would have been more positive. And he handled that, that great. But it is hard. The frustration eats at you. Do you ever um, – and this, this is the last question I will ask along this line, I think. I might <laughs> change my mind, but I think um, – You've been to two Pro Bowls, as I recall. Is that I have right? been, yeah, 15, 16. And, yep. and, and you were playing at such a high level. Had you been able to stay healthy from that point, I really believe we would be talking about your career in terms of evaluating the Hall of Fame. Um, do, do you ever think I could have been that? I could have. I could have been a contender. I could have been that guy. Yeah. I, I'm to be honest. It's more the games I missed and the situations. Like, uh, I go back to college. I missed 2008. We went to the Rose Bowl. We were one game away from, from maybe playing in a national title. I didn't get to play in that season. I really think I could have helped. 2014, we play in Green Bay. It, it's more about the opportunities to win a championship that you're like, well, I wish I could have 
what would have happened? What could I have done in, in those situations? Um, the personal stuff, I'm sure that, you know, everybody wants to be great. And, and, but to me, what I think about the most are, the, are those missed seasons and, and those, those games that I would have loved to play in. Okay. That, I think that's almost enough of the uh, Sean Lee eulogy rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. Please. We got, we got a bunch of games we down the stretch. I mean, I, we're get and I'm alive and ready to go. You know what I mean? I had <laughs> a couple, couple of decent hits yesterday, <laughs> too. Okay. <laughs> a couple of yes, decent hits. That's right. why you're here. And so, uh, so that's the avenue we'll pursue momentarily. <laughs> The Miller Lite Cowboys Hour brought to you in part by Papa John's. Order Papa John's Cowboys Family Special, a large specialty pizza and large two-topping pizza for just $24 at papajohns.com. Official pizza of your Dallas Cowboys. Limited time offer. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Coming right back with Sean Lee on the Cowboys Hour. Cowboys Hour, 
supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Welcome back to the Cowboys Hour. Brad Sham, Danny Sarek, and our very special guest, Cowboys linebacker Sean Lee, as the Cowboys ease into the bye. Just to remind you, we will, even though the Cowboys don't have a game next week, we will have the Cowboys Hour next Monday. And one reason is we never have the Cowboys Hour the week of Thanksgiving, because that's ridiculous for everyone, because it just couldn't be done. So we will be here next week. Um, and so we were kind of just when you sat down, we were talking a little bit about the timing of the buy. So is there ever a bad time for a buy? No, I think yeah. Any time it comes, you're like, this is perfect time, unless it's really early. I, d- I don't know what's the earliest buy. Well, I think there are what's some teams who had them in week four. Yeah, that, to me, that, that's that to me, that's too early. That would be, but this right in the middle of the season. Couldn't couldn't be better situationally, and in I fact, think physically. I think the Steelers had the week four. Now that I think about yeah, it, yeah, yeah, and then it becomes a long stretch, um, and then you get that half by, but we don't we don't really get the half by. You get it the week after. I know, but but we do the three games in twelve days. I, I mean, know. This buy is the By the, the way, buy. just so what for anyone who doesn't know what Sean means by the half by, that's what it is for the players when you play on Thanksgiving in the days before everyone literally played at least once on a Thursday. You played on Thanksgiving, which was a hard week. Then you had 10 days off yeah. before the next game. But the last several years, and this one will be like it, mm-hmm. they'll go from playing on Thanksgiving to playing on Thursday night. Well, at least you're back on a seven-day schedule, and then you have the half by. It's not like you get cheated out of it. You just get it a week later. Yeah, but you do the three games. I mean, that, I don't th- that, I that to me, I don't... I mean, well, well, you fight through it, but that's different. I mean, the the, the days when you – there was no better time than having, playing Sunday, playing Thursday on Thanksgiving, winning on Thanksgiving, and then having the 10 days. Because then you had your family in. You had the full weekend to be able to, to hang with them. And now you're back in Monday. we got a game. Let's go win. Um, and, you know, like I said, there's no excuses. You go get it done. But that was nice. Well, I actually, that was you, nice. you won't be back in Monday. You'll be back in Friday because, right? Thurs- That's right. That's Thursday, right. Friday becomes suddenly Monday. Friday becomes Monday. Friday and good luck explaining right. that to your relatives. <laughs> I just popped all the tire out of the air, didn't you? Or yeah, out sorry. of the tire. He says something like that. Something sorry. Like That's that. what I do. That's what I do. But, okay, to play devil's advocate, when you guys are coming off as a defense, two strong weeks, your best performances – is there a worry that this might stop the momentum? Um, I, I think when we come back and you start to practice, that we'll know pretty quick. And to be honest, the way we started, I think we know, hey, we got to continue to improve no matter what. And we want to be the defense. We've seen it two weeks. We know the formula. Let's stick to it. We can't back off it at all. I'd be surprised if it stopped, but you have to work for it. You can't rely on these two games. And to be honest, these two games, we got to find a way to win them, like I said earlier. We played well, but there's you know, down the stretch, we got to make those plays. Uh, how many people? I mean, I don't mean exact count, but would, what was it? Just a handful in Philadelphia in the stands? There was, yeah, there was not a lot. There was probably seven, eight thousand. So, and you weren't on the trip to L.A. or Seattle? Um, no, uh, yeah. And and so, I think we're now at a point until the pandemic flares up again and they shut stadiums down. That's the spirit. <laughs> that's, that's, my glass is not here. Yeah, no. He's got a crack in it. Um, there. I, what I'm trying to get at is how weird is that with, to play in a stadium where I asked, there's almost nobody there? You know, I had asked the guys what it was like because I didn't, I didn't know I wasn't at the stadiums, and they were like, it's tough. And, and when you, it was eerie in Philadelphia when we first got there. 
because nobody was in the stands really in pregame. And I was like, this feels like we went to the backyard and we're playing backyard football. I mean, there's nobody here. And then when it, it, just having a little bit of fan noise helps. I mean, it wasn't that loud, but it was enough to feel fairly normal. And yesterday felt like a game. I mean, yesterday was feel was like an, a road game. Well, it's it, it, I play. We played, and it's like when we go to San Francisco or we go anywhere, we travel like the Steeler fans do. But when we played them in 2012, it felt like a bowl game. I said, you know, we had our fans going crazy, and then when they their fans went crazy because it was, you know, they they obviously travel very well. So I have a kind of a random question. Um, last year, there was a social media vid- video that the Dallas Cowboys put out. It's one of our sounds from the sideline videos. Yeah. And I think it was probably one of the top three clips of the entire year. Um, They got Antoine Woods on the bench taking a sip of water, not realizing it was your water bottle. And he was shocked to find out that it was coffee. Yeah, my, that's my juice. That's a. That's Why is an, that your choice? I love coffee. Ending? First thing, I love coffee and I love caffeine. Um, I mean, I wake up the first thing I do in the morning. I drink these these uh, nitro brews with a ton of caffeine. The first thing I do, I go to the fridge, I pour it out, I get back in bed, I drink it, and then I, I get in the car and come in, come in hot, ready to go. But in the game, I love it. I drink it before the game and then right at halftime. I get it on the sideline and I start to drink it for the fourth quarter. So I always have it in case I'm tired. I got it out there. So what? I, black coffee? Are you drinking a latte? What are you? No, drinking? it's it's just black coffee and water. So we mix it. We cool it down. Like the first time we brought it out, it was hot coffee, and you know I'm trying to chug it, and I almost burned myself. You know I'm like, well, we need to we need to figure out a way. So it's coffee and water, and um, yeah, I love I love the taste of coffee. I always have. So you have four or five cups on a game day. I would say that's probably true. Maybe, maybe more, depending. Wow. How about on a on a regular day? How many cups of coffee do you? Drink? It's pretty consistent. Probably the same amount. I mean, I'm, I'm drinking it throughout the day most of the time. That's crazy to me. So no water, Gatorade. It's, it's coffee. I'll drink water and Gatorade also. So just believe me, I I actually push more water and Gatorade because I'm drinking so much coffee. Because you can cramp. You know, and I've, listen, we've I've had some hamstring issues too. So we gotta <laughs> we gotta we gotta figure out a way to avoid that also. So. Interesting. Because he doesn't have enough energy. He needs a little. He needs a little more coffee. Oh, I love. I love it when the coffee hits. All right. So juice dump. when now, um, now you're on the microbrew. That's like that's your 365 coffee. Is that right? That's right. Well, it's got a little bit more caffeine in it. It's so, great. But I mean, did you ever have you have you? I'm a little bit of a coffee nerd. Have you ever experimented with different kinds of beans and flavors and that kind of thing? I have had different beans, but I want coffee to taste like coffee. My wife likes my yeah, but there's certain ones that are, I don't know. They got hints of fruit, or you know, my wife likes those, and I'm like, I want it to taste like coffee, not not fruit. (laughs) I mean, flavors. Ah, I just want it to taste like coffee. I want to send. I'm going to send you uh, for Megan uh, a um, a sample of. I've got a little kind of a private blend. Oh, okay. It's got it's got some, okay. It's got like some, a little vanilla and there's some cinnamon. You have you've always been you have a nice palate. You've always been you know a little hoity toity. I'm somewhat discerning. I yeah, like what no, I like. it's good. You like what you, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'm just saying. So I, I'd be interested to see. I, I'm going to send I'm going to send Megan some of that because you clearly don't. Care I would I would drink it in your body. I would drink it, but I could drink. <laughs> I could drink, <laughs> I could drink gas station coffee and, and not not have a problem. You, you probably, you know, I could drink Folgers. And, and are you like are you like me that uh, you can drink 
a cup or two of regular coffee at night and have no trouble sleeping? Yeah, I won't have too much of an issue. Yeah, um, later in the day. This I have, is. I, I, I mean, I don't drink coffee at all. I think I have maybe like three or four cups a month, and that's on like days I have to wake up early and get ready to come to the studio and do a show. Okay, so you understand we can't understand you. At yeah, all. that's hundred percent. I don't know. Here's yeah, the best part, guys. I make my coffee in a Keurig. Does yeah. that just kill you? No, you don't use something fancy. No, I'm all right with that. Now, Brad would have an issue with that. No, Brad's I don't, I don't obviously. Like French nah. press, espresso. I, no, 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 no. Espresso's fine for an after dinner thing. That, Keurig's fine. Look at him. Are they Look at him. Yeah. It's, not, it's not my personal <laughs> Look at him. Yeah, there we go. There it is. There it is. There's not, because that's easy. You're, yes. you're, you are young and on the go, and you are not. I think no, it's great, yeah. Not going to fight that yet. No grass no doubt. growing under your feet. But I, my beans, I grind every morning. I like the smell of the beans grinding yeah. in my home. Yes. And then. You got your butler. Who <laughs> grinds your beans? Yeah, actually, and... I don't let him anywhere near it. I okay, do I get you. <laughs> I, do that, I do that myself. Your cook who has breakfast ready? No, <laughs> clearly, the cook is a failure. Yeah. Have but, the, but, the, but the butler, I won't let him anywhere near the coffee. Oh, I'm funny. very particular, a little bit like you. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're going to take a break here in a minute. When we come back, I'm just going to give you warning. I never do this, but um, I am going to give you warning that Danny is embarking on a new hobby that Antoine Woods really helped get her involved in. And so we're going to see if you have any advice for her on her new hobby. Tell me what the hobby is. you got to give me a... No, that's the tease. That's a tease, yeah. But don't tease me. You can tease the audience. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to tease everybody. We'll be right back with Sean Lee. Miller Lite Cowboys Hour brought to you in part by Omni Hotels and Resorts. This fall, do more than just stay apart. Stay a part of the game and stay a part of the Cowboys. Experience football season at Omni Frisco Hotel, the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys, and enjoy all the dining and entertainment options the star has to offer. We'll be right back with Sean Lee on the Cowboys Hour.
the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Cowboys Hour, Brad Sham, Danny Sarek, and our special guest, Sean Lee. Sometimes we talk about things during the break that we just frankly can't tell you about. This is not one of those times. <laughs> but, we, but we covered enough ground there during the break that we're going to have to hustle to get to everything. We'd love to share it with everybody, so please. Yes, a uh, quick backstory for everyone listening. A couple of weeks ago, Antoine Woods challenged me to play Call of Duty because I have never played before, and I'm a very competitive person. So when he told me that I would likely be as good as his four-year-old son, um, I took that as a, a challenge. So uh, I was telling Brad and Sean that this weekend, my brother-in-law, Scott, who has two controllers, is going to teach me how to start playing Call of Duty. And I was saying that this is probably the perfect person to talk about because who's more competitive, right, than Sean Lee? Yeah, but the first thing I'm terrible at Call of Duty, so I can give you no advice. But you have played, and I'll say I have played it, and I'm not good, and I got so frustrated, I I just stopped playing. But the guys are so intense in the locker room about it. I mean, on our away trips, if it's a night game, you see guys bringing suitcase with their own console with the with their, they got special. Um, you know, like TVs for it. What would what? that be? Yeah, the special monitors. Monitors for it. Um, like uh, there's certain type of uh, Wi-Fi that they want to speed up their the See, way right they can now, react. What, what's going? I mean, Danny's I took over my head, head too. Believe what, me, I'm trying to no, explain. What, it's not over Danny's head. What's running through her mind right now is uh, how much is this going to cost me uh-huh. to be competitive at the at the extreme ultimate level. Suddenly, a little overwhelmed by everything this is. No, going you'll to be take. fine. You'll be. You'll <laughs> be. Did, <laughs> believe what, me. What, what was there about Call of Duty that made you stop playing it? That made you think you could not master it? I was just so bad. I mean, <laughs> you know, when you when you you when you're dying as soon as you go in, and you're, I could barely even play. And then when I'm like controlling the gun, maybe because my thumbs have been broken a bunch. I don't know what it was, <laughs> but like, I couldn't control the gun. I'm shooting everywhere. I mean, it just became a mess, and I didn't deal with the frustration very well. This sounds like exactly how this is all going to play out. <laughs> how many how how many controllers and or consoles did you damage? Uh, I, I don't want to really talk about that. <laughs> no, but, and so but maybe it, we should ask Danny what her temper level is when things well, grow I'm frustrating to, in competition. I'm going to have to be poised because this is not my controller. It's my brother-in-law's, and I'm not going to want to have to pay for one. So I will have to be poised and control my emotions, but I do get very competitive. Um, it's not always a pretty sight. That, no, that's that's a good thing. Don't downplay the competitiveness. It's good, especially in this. It'll be fun. And then, you know, I just didn't have the grit to power through it. There's some things that I'm competitive in, but this one I wasn't as much. Hmm. What do you mean the grit to power through it? You've got the grit. No, to power I got to power through, through that. I can power through that, but losing on Call of Duty, I couldn't do it. I was too frustrated. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't handle it. All right. So then we were talking about fantasy football. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk about this. Um, humble, very humble brag. Um, in one of my leagues, I am nine and o- about to go that nine is, and Let's o. go! There, well, nine congratulations! Thank you. you. You're entitled to uh, tout your accomplishments, but what was humble about that brag? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, I have okay, earned good, it. Good. I have earned no, every yeah, second. I've absolutely. been a very good GM. Um, everyone else in my league is is not near to my level. Where, what's the who's in second place? What's the record? It's, it's actually, you know, they're so far behind, it really it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. That's true. You know what? It actually might be former Cowboy safety Danny McRae yes. is in this league. Let's I like see. that. He, and she's kicking his butt as well. Sure no doubt. Yeah, Danny's just an okay GM. Great yeah. football player, GM. Just <laughs> he is going to go six and three. 
Okay. And he'll be in second place. Oh, wow. So you got a three-game lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So nope. I am sitting quite comfortably. How the playoffs, how does it work? Two the two games? or? Um, no, we'll have so, four teams. So we'll do, I yeah. think, 14 weeks. It doesn't go, like, all the way through to the Super Bowl. I got you. Um, and so then it's one and done. So we were, out. we're sorry. We were just starting to get to how you feel about fantasy football. <laughs> I like fantasy football, and I think it brings a lot of people who maybe wouldn't watch football into the game. They enjoy watching it. They'll watch games that they've never watched and <clears throat> learn about the game and kind of opens up access to it, which I think is a good thing. Okay. Time out right there. <laughs> Do you think that people who just are involved in fantasy football really learn about the game I think that the more they watch, they have. Let's say you've never watched the game, okay. and then you watch it some. You know more than you used to know. Sure, it's somewhat. So you know, not everybody's going to be Brad Sham. <laughs> <laughs> know the history of the league in the Cowboys, yeah. which, but, and I appreciate. Obviously, that is the right. You know, to me, I agree with that. But just having people enjoying it and watch it is a good thing too. Y- yes, of course. But then people think they're into football. I think I don't. I think Danny's heard this story. I had this conversation with a another media friend of mine before the season started and training camp had begun. And Amari Cooper said at a press conference that he thought that uh, that the Cowboys could have three thousand yard receivers. And so this fellow asked me on a radio show, uh, "Do you think they can have three thousand yard receivers?" And I said, "Let me ask you a question. Suppose that one of them." Uh, has 850 yards and they go to the Super Bowl. How would that be? And he said, Brad, I'm trying to win the league. And I said, so am I, but I don't think we're trying to win the same league. Yeah. Well, yeah, I get the motivation. I mean, the, is, is, to me, what's yeah. great about football is everything that happens. You guys on the defensive side do things throughout a game that lead to the conclusion of the game that determines whether the game is won or lost. That's not part of fantasy football. No, I agree with that. And the point emphasis is um, not how you should look at the game. I, I agree with that. But you should be, you know, you can disconnect hopefully your fantasy league from your being a fan of a team and understand what you know if your team wins that's good and your fantasy team you should be able to sacrifice that a little bit maybe you can if you're com- too competitive that's but so Danny, <laughs> no i can maybe you. no i i believe you can but i know how much you know and care about real football mm-hmm. how the people you play fantasy football with i will say in my experience and don't and include th- danny mccraig of course not um, see, I, re- I love Dan McRae, but I love playing him in fantasy football because we just smack talk the entire... He's going to be That's so... Just fun. He's going to be just... so mad at me for saying this. Danny actually um, was the only person in our league last year to get a trophy because it was a small little toilet trophy because he came in last. Oh, toilet bowl. He's going to be so mad I said that, but I actually do like playing him. Um, you can tell... You, you are I a think, trash talker, know, aren't you? I know. Um, I think you can tell people who play fantasy football who don't really watch and don't really follow the sport and like who they draft and who they decide to play or, you know, wave or make trades. I think you can tell that. Do you, you, I don't see you as much of a trash talker in a real football game, Sean Lee, are you? Um, at times, but not really. Traditionally, no. But situationally, sometimes, yes. Would you instigate it or would you? No, it's always response. It's always response oriented. That's how I would. Now, I've heard you on a football field, especially in training camp when we get close enough. But some of the things that I know you say are not necessarily trash talk. They are 
they are in the spirit in the course of the in the course of the competition. But I wouldn't I, see you as a. Trash I'm not. Team. I'm argumentative. Like I like so if someone if you want to do this let's go you know <laughs> but you know so if you want to start let's talk about this but normally I'm not going to say anything I'm going to play I like just playing and I think that's the right way to do it you run you talk with your pads I always hey talk with how your effort and your pads and what you do um, all the other stuff I mean getting excited for a big play that's passion that's part of the game but some of the excessive stuff no I've never been uh, too big of a fan of it all right so when you are in the off season and um, and there are no televisions to swear at and you're not playing video games we've established that um, when you go sit out on the boat what what is it that you're doing what do you how do you pass the time well I am out on the boat you know that I, I do know I, that. I, I like to get to I like I've become much uh, much more um, of a guy who likes to be outdoors I like to hike um, I like I got two dogs, Finn and Waylon, um, that I love to take on hikes and uh, walk them, jog with them, take them different places on the beach. Um, and then I've tried to read more as I've, get, I've gotten older. Um, nothing substantial, but, but just every, everything that is potentially substantial. I, but I read like I, I'm a I read like half a book and then I set it down. I go to another book. <laughs> I never finish books. I'm so bad at finishing fiction books. Fiction or nonfiction? I, I I swing between the two. I'll have fiction and then I'll be on a big nonfiction kick. How how do you read? Not that I haven't done it and might have a couple of books that fit that category right on my nightstand right now, but. How do you get like halfway through a fiction book and then you don't want to finish it and find out how? Because it hits it if it hits me in the wrong way and I'm like ah and there's like a hard part to get through <laughs> and then I'm like this is just, I'm like, like oh you lost yeah <laughs> yeah just like yeah exactly where the drawings go. <laughs> All right. Um, so um, during now, was that what, what you'll do with whatever time you have? People sometimes are not aware that you don't have time fully off. Uh, when you're on a buy, because you will practice a couple of days uh, in here, but will you just take the dogs out and just uh, yeah? And this buy will be this buy will be different just because I'll be here and I'm still, you know, trying to improve and get healthier and healthier with with this injury and try to. So I'll be here more than I normally am. And that's COVID related. Right? It's COVID related. We have to get tested every day, and then also coming back from this from this surgery it's always nice to have a week where you can get in the weight room a little bit more you know when you start to come back you're you spend a lot of time in the weight room and then you get on the field and you kind of have to balance your workload and and this week with not practicing i could probably get get in the weight room get some strength going and and maybe you know continue to improve i have to ask you what kind of dogs do you have so it's a pretentious sounding name. It's called a wired hair pointing griffon. Oh, but I'm oh, hoity toity. Listen, this is how we found it. We we literally went on Google and we typed scruffy dog that likes to run and a picture of this dog popped up. And they're they're hunting their pointers. They're very active. My my wife, Megan, loves to run. I mean she's running four, six, eight miles a day. And so she takes them out. And they love to be outside, but they've been great. They're they're goofy. They're fun. Um, so I've always loved dog. Uh, it's a, <laughs> a wired hair pointing Griffon. Griffon. So that sounds so fancy. So it's goofy. it's it's not even fancy though. It's not. It's a. It's like uh, it would be like a German short hair, but with scruffy scruffy hair. Well, Don't make it more than it is, Brad. <laughs> Don't no, do I, that. I, I'm not. And sadly, we are about out of time. But saying scruffy hair uh, reminds me to wish you the very best of luck with what's left. <laughs> of your beard. Uh, see if you can finally get it to grow. Oh, you out. just have to prove it. I, you know, you keep talking a big game, but uh, you know, I'd love right. to see you prove it. Whatever. Uh, 
Let me just say that I, I haven't missed a game in years. Okay? Yeah, so, no time. Huh? <laughs> okay. That's easy in the it's, seat. <laughs> yeah, it's easier. Easier in the that. seat, it's you know? It's really, really <laughs> no, fun to see. That is impressive. No, I appreciate you, you guys Thank very much. Thank you, Sean Lee. Thanks a lot. For Danny Sarek, I'm Brad Sham on the Cowboys Hour. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?